We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. Once again, it is the Wednesday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster, that Alabama fan that you see sitting right there next to me, the first guy, the very first guy on the Alabama bandwagon, the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. Jeff, just take your victory lap now, man. Like, you won. You, you, got, you got this. Take, I'm not doing take it. it. Take it. Take no, it. I'm Celebrate. not doing it until the end of the year. I'm not doing it until the end of the year. Um, it, we're still only at January 20th, but, um, listen, so far the hat has, has, has brought some, some luck. Uh, I don't think Alabama needed luck last night. Uh, John Petty came out firing, uh, the ultimate gunslinger there and everybody kind of followed suit, right? Josh Primo, uh, Quinterly, and it looked like for a minute they were going to set the NCAA record uh, for threes. They didn't do that. But, man, they knocked down, what, 22 of them? And they destroyed, destroyed Will Wade in LSU. Like, this wasn't a game after the first, what? I mean, really, first, like, two minutes. Like, two minutes, it was 18-4, and the game was over. Over. Yeah. I mean, I think John Petty hit – uh, four threes in the first three and a half minutes of the game. And then after that, it was just like it, LSU never got close. I think after Arkansas got it to 20, or I'm sorry, Alabama got it to 20, within like the first three minutes of the game, man, like they ne- LSU never cut the lead. It, it and was it wasn't good. even the biggest thrashing maybe of the night. Like as much as I can celebrate uh, my pick of Alabama, you now have to fall on the sword a little bit. Oh, man. Oh. That was that was that was that was bad by Tennessee. That was that was that was really really bad. Um, I think okay. So there's a lot to unpack with this with, with what happened in this game. I tweeted last night that I think it was the most surprising result of the season, and the reason that I said that is because Tennessee's whole brand and whole persona has been like, we are going to be the tougher team. We are going to be the better defensive team. We may not win the game, but you're not going to beat us in a fight. You're not going to get to the offensive glass on us. You are not going to be able to run your offense comfortably. You're not going to be getting wide open dunks and wide open layups. And that's all that Florida did. Like they just completely eviscerated them, despite the fact that Scotty Lewis wasn't playing, yeah. Colin Castleton wasn't playing, Keontae Johnson has done it for the year, and Trey Mann played six minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. It was a complete and utter dismantling. Amazing. Amazing. With, with Florida's backups. I, I can't believe it. I mean, I, I, you're right. I mean, when you add every factor into it, you might say, yes, it was as surprising as just about any result this season. 
Um, man, like, I don't know if this is a one-off or we just overrated Tennessee. You know, we're going to have to see here. So I, 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 I have a theory on it. I, I have a theory on it. Okay, so um, the big thing with Tennessee is that Jaden Springer was not playing. And Jaden Springer is like the one guy on that team that can create his own shot and can create something for somebody else. I think he had, what was it, 15 assists in the three games prior to this one. He's the only guy that can really get into the lane and find somebody. The other really, really bad game that Tennessee played this year, do you know who it was against? It was against Alabama. And Jaden Springer played five minutes in that game before suffering the ankle injury that that he re-aggravated and missed. Uh, that forced him to miss last night's game. So I think that Jaden Springer is the guy that you kind of have to watch for. Like, he's he's probably the most important player on Tennessee this year. That said, he ain't worth 26 points, no, right? No. Like, there's a lot more going on with this Tennessee team um, in, in that game last night than just missing Jaden Springer. But I do think that the reason they got off to the start they did and the reason why they struggled as much as they did early on was because they didn't have Jaden Springer, the guy that can loosen up an opposing okay. defense. Listen, can I can I, can we go through a few things here with Tennessee? They were unbelievable early, but you know, outside of the first game, they play Colorado. You know, they beat Cincinnati, App State, Tennessee Tech, St. Joe's, USC, Upstate, and they they crushed Missouri. And then we were like, okay, you know what? Maybe they're for real. Maybe they're for real when they beat Missouri. Um, and, and since then. You know, they've been just okay. I mean, again, they got blasted at home to Alabama. Everybody beats Texas A&M. They stink. Uh, and, and Arkansas, we don't know. Like, Arkansas is kind of a, a fringe tournament team probably at the end of the day who's beaten absolutely nobody so far. So, listen, Tennessee, uh, to me, you're right. They got to win because of their toughness. And, man, they showed no toughness last night. But, um, all right, can we – Listen, the biggest story of the night, those were the two, to me, just absolute thrashings. Thrashings. So, like, they took center stage uh, in the SEC. But to me, the biggest story last night, Rob, was what? What's the biggest story coming out of last night? I, I really hope that you're going to say that, that Jeff Capel outcoached Coach K. I, I am. That's part of it, yes. I'm going to say that, that the student finally beat the teacher. And it, incredible that – He's the first former player to beat Coach K. Like, I don't know. I just feel, feel like this should have happened at some point already. Um, but but the bigger storyline to this is now, is it time, Rob, and I think it is, to talk about the fact that the reality of Duke not being an NCAA tournament team because they just lost to Pittsburgh. They are 5-4 and four overall. They have beaten nobody worth a you-know-what so far this season. Is this Duke team a tournament team? I think the talk starts now. I think that they probably can still get there, but the big concern is that how many good wins are there available in the ACC? You know, the, the, the yeah. ACC is down. It's not like there are a ton of opportunities for them to really be able to bolster the, the profile that they have. And, like, call it what it is, they don't have a good win right now. Their best win is at Notre Dame. But here's the problem. Like, this is the best team that they're going to end up playing the rest of the way is Virginia at home. They get Virginia once on February 20th. And that's that's assuming that Virginia, the numbers that they have in Kempom, are not going to come down. Like, the, right now, Virginia's computer profile is, is a little bit inflated right. because right. of 
the, the well, the computer profile was great because of right. the beatdown that they handed to Clemson. And the reason that and, – and it's very hard for me to kind of pull that performance away from the fact that Clemson hadn't been practicing and hadn't been playing and maybe that Clemson's numbers were over and playing, whatever. Maybe this is just a weird thing uh, with the computers. But, like, I, I just – I don't think that Virginia is the sixth best team in the country. Either way, that is the only team that, that, that Duke is going to play the rest of the way. This is a top 30 team on Kempom. Like, where are they going to be going up on these great wins? Yeah. They have 13 games left. The good thing, the good thing is if they go like, listen, if they went 10 and three, they're going to even, even to me, like nine and four, they're going to be in because there's not a lot of real garbage teams in the ACC at the bottom this year. There aren't like Wake's not good. Miami's going to get better. Like they're just, they're not high powered. Nobody at the top, but there's also not a lot of garbage at the bottom. Okay. So if they, if they run it, they don't have like BC left left in the schedule. I mean, it's you know at Louisville's a big one coming up Saturday. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's a big one for both teams. And, and let's uh, also give a little bit of credit to Pitt. I mean, Pitt is now nine and two totally. overall. They're yeah. four and one in the ACC. Um, they've won despite the fact that Justin Champagne uh, missed two games. Uh, that Audiese Tony missed a game. Um, they, I mean, they're 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 a pretty good team. Um, I don't know if they're good enough that they should be. Uh, expected to beat Duke or be favored to beat Duke or anything like that, but I mean that, that this is not this is not Kevin Stallings pit. They're, they're, no, they're and good. that's the, the remarkable part of, of honestly, Jeff Capel has gotten this thing going sooner than I thought he would. And I'm not saying he's like got it there yet. He doesn't have it there yet. But the fact that they could beat Duke, the fact that they could sweep Syracuse so far, um, is again they're non-conference. I mean, they beat Northwestern before Northwestern got going during that stretch. So, like, they've got some pretty good wins here. Again, sweeping Syracuse, beating Duke in year three for Jeff Capel with the with the garbage that he took over is really, really, really impressive. I, and I know this isn't a great Duke team. So, again, we got to put it in perspective here. But ultimately, still, the fact that you just beat Duke and you've swept Syracuse in your it's it's a confidence thing too. You know, it's one oh. thing to like to beat up on a Syracuse team where like their guards are Joe Girard and Buddy Bayheim and they've missed like thirty percent of the season because of COVID shutdowns, right? It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to beat Duke with Jalen Johnson going for 24, 15, yeah. seven assists, yeah. four blocks, and two steals. He was awesome last awesome. night. He, he is awesome. good. Like I, I never understood. The, like, he's not playing – I don't know if it was you or somebody was kind of killing him a little bit early on in the season. And he's not a great shooter. He's not. That's not his game. But but he's – I don't know. I thought he was playing hard earlier in the year. I didn't – I didn't – I wasn't killing him. What I said is that I think it's problematic for Duke that, that Jalen Johnson is at the five and Matthew Hurt is at the four. Like, I don't – I don't know how you're going to be all that good defensively when those are your big guys. And, you know – I think I was kind of right because Justin Champagne had what he had, like 33 and 15. Well, that's just a hurt, though. He destroyed Matthew Hurt. Yeah, but it's not like Jalen Johnson really did all that much to help, you know? And, and you, They're you bad are, defensively. Duke stinks defensively. They stink. Yes, that's, that's, the, that's the whole point. That's that's what I was saying. Is that, like, how, how are you going to get stops when your front line is Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hurt? Like, Jalen Johnson will block some shots and he'll get some steals. He's a good um, – He's a playmaking defender, but I don't think he's a great positional defender. Right. And I think you need to have a pretty good positional defender at five to make up for some of the issues that you have with Matthew Hurt. But I again, 
with Jalen Johnson back playing like this, their young guards are getting better. Like Jeremy Roach is slowly but surely kind of coming around. And DJ Stewart yeah, is kind of making some shots. Yeah, solid I mean, guards is what they are. They're solid guards. The problem is, again, in the ACC, they're going to go through. They, they might win one or two in a row, and then I think they look like they could honestly be a 500 team in the ACC, yeah. and it wouldn't shock you. And if they're an AC, if they're listen, the, the, the bottom line for me is you got something going on there. No, just, no, my my daughter has her molars coming in, and so she's oh, she's she's melting rough. down. That's rough. Melting um, down. I, I just here's what I hope. I hope the NCAA uh, committee doesn't give Duke the benefit because they're Duke if it's close. Like I don't want to see that this year. You know, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, the next biggest story. There, there was a lot that happened last night. We'll we'll get yeah. to these quick. We got we got we got to get to Villanova. Yeah, we're we're going to get to Villanova right now, and then one more, and then we got to get to tonight's games. So Villanova, 27-day layoff. They come out. They're at home. They play Seton Hall. Seton Hall's a pretty good team. They're probably a tournament team. And what does Villanova do? They win. They win. Like, think of how ridiculous that is. And, and I, I tweeted after the game. I said, listen, bottom line, it's Gonzaga, it's Baylor, and it's Villanova. And people killed me. They're like, Villanova's not the third best team in the country. Look at them. They barely beat Seton Hall. I'm like, you idiots. They were off for 27 days. Some of their players just started doing something like a day or two before for their first practice. Like, Villanova, no, they're not there yet. But trust me, you, you want to take Texas? You want to take Alabama? You want to take any of those teams that we're talking about in, in, in our kind of next tier after Gonzaga and Baylor? I'm I'm taking Nova. I'm taking Nova. As long as I, they're healthy in, in March, I got Nova. Well, that's that's the big thing is is can they get there? Because the thing you gotta remember, Jeff, you're talking about this win, right? They were favored by nine, they won by two. If yeah. Sanju Mayo Kelashvili can catch a pass that hits him in the hands yeah. and lays that ball in, they lose. That's so that's that's the fine margins of it. Now, you but are they right. Won. But they, they won. They won, but it's but you're. It's not like it was a blowout. It's not like it was yeah. defining game. It's not like it's something that they could have won. I know you're right. You're right. Hold on, relax. I'm not disagreeing with you. So relax, relax over there. Um, the the issue is we don't know what they're going to come back and end up being, and it's not like they were this unbelievable juggernaut before they went down. Yeah. They, they they lost to Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech is good, but we're not saying Virginia Tech's the best team in the ACC. So. Um, I'm with you that they belong in that conversation. They probably belong at the top of that next tier list just because they are Villanova and of the players they have on the roster and the coaches on that sideline. But I'm not ready to put them in the same conversation as Baylor and Zach. We, we got to see we got to see more than just a two point home win over uh, Seton well, Hall third. where they where they should have lost. They're third. All I'm saying is they're above everybody else. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're at Gonzaga or Baylor's level. I'm saying uh, if there's a top three. Like, come on, how you got to put your house in the line for a team not named Gonzaga and Baylor to win the national title this year today. You got to pick one team. Who's it going to be? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I don't, I don't know who it is. I don't think that there is someone that I would want to put my house in the line. But if you had to, if you had to right now, this is best bets, Rob. If I had to, um, Futures right now. I mean, Futures. Everybody's I mean, the same. Villanova's right there. Texas is right there. 
Tennessee is not there anymore. See ya. Get the Vols out of this conversation. Um, no, but I, 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 it's probably Villanova, but it's not something where I feel all that comfortable. Like, I don't think the margin is as big as what you're making it out to be simply because we don't know what they're going to be coming off of COVID and we don't know, um, how much of an impact this is going to have on them long term. We don't know what it is of COVID. It's all a and, guessing game, but I'm, I'm asking you today, like, to, to, I, t- I told you, I, it's probably Villanova, but you're you're making. Don't you like? Wait, wait. In a way, listen. In a way, it may benefit Villanova that they got hit when they did. Now I don't know how many positives they had, but the bottom line is they had a bunch. Jay Wright said last night. Jay Wright said last night that Jermaine Samuels was one of them, and he came out yesterday, came off the bench, had twenty points and nine boards, hit three huge threes. He was he was awesome. That kid is such a good Villanova player. way, Rob. The Villanova way. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I want to see. Uh, I, I got to see more before I'm as all in as you are. Um, real Last quick. One, shout, out to, shout out to Purdue, Jaden mm-hmm. Ivey. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Good road win. I don't think it was good as the four we've already mentioned um, for, for the four teams that won those games because Ohio State was still without point guard number one and point guard number two, but, but a hell of a win nonetheless on the road against a top 25 team right now in Ohio. How about, how about a freshman on the road at the end of a game hitting a step back Big three ball. for the win? Yeah. Big cojones. I like uh, Last thing, we should just mention it. Michigan bounced back one by 24 at home against Maryland. They uh, it, It's starting to look like that was that loss at Minnesota was a combination of Minnesota being better than uh, the, an under 500 record in the Big Ten. And Michigan just kind of needing to kick in the ass in a wake-up call. All right, let's talk about tonight's slate. Uh, you know what I was of... very upset at? The, <laughs> the people, very the people upset that, at. that put money on um, the USC Upstate uh, Charleston Southern game last night, you know what happened? So they went through they went through warm-up lines, everything, right? Pre-game, every, they're, they're ready to go. Go back in the locker room. Coach talks to you. You're ready to go. Big game, USC Upstate, Charleston Southern. And uh, five minutes before the game tip, literally five minutes, uh, they they tell everybody game is off. USC Upstate positive uh, test result with oh, a coach and a player. So anybody who had money on that game, I didn't. Brutal, um, you know. Brutal. Tough, tough blow. Tough, tough blow for those kids. Yep. Anyway, um, all right. Let's move on. Uh, all right. So we have Kentucky at Georgia. We have Clemson at Georgia Tech. Wake Forest, North Carolina, Providence, Creighton. There's not a lot of great games, but there's What's a lot the of best like, game, interesting Rob? games. What's the best game? Is it is it Auburn? Uh, according <laughs> according to Ken Palm's thrill score, it's yeah. Clemson at Georgia Tech. That's not the best game of the night. That I'm going to say thriller. Hey, hey, if, that's that's not like getting. You know what? That's like getting on the little kitty roller coaster. That's that's what type of thrill score that would have. <laughs> Okay, so I think that the best game of the night is probably Auburn at Arkansas. At the very least, that's the most interesting game for me from a, a gambling perspective. Um, okay. We've been on we've been on Auburn for since Sharif Cooper got back. We've been on Auburn the last two games. Um, I don't I think know. I'm going to be on. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be on Auburn in this spot. The line's kind of been bouncing around. I think it opened at um, seven or seven and a half in some spots uh, when I woke up this morning. It was down to four and a half for me. Uh, it's all the way back up to six and a half now. Um, in theory, I like it because I still don't think that they've properly uh, factored in the impact that Sharif Cooper can have. But this is just like the His ultimate. Last game. 
they, they won. They won in the cover. They made the plays. Yeah, but they, he made the plays on the stretch to help him win. Like, he did. He did. And yeah, I, the, I just don't know with Arkansas. Like, you know, I feel like their their better players are all like transfer up guys, other than Moses Moody. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're solid. I don't know. Like, I don't. So I, there's there's two reasons why they're interesting to me. One is that this is like the best buy low spot that you're ever going to get this season. Uh, the last two games, Arkansas was on the road. They got blown out. They're coming back home. Uh, they've lost four of their last five. That stretch started when Justin Smith got hurt. Justin Smith is uh, – he, he's back. He played 12 minutes the other night against um, against Alabama. He's back. He's healthy now. He changes things because he lets them be able to play a little bit bigger without having to worry about putting seven foot three Connor Vanover out there, um, and that will allow them to match up with Auburn a little bit better. So, like, in theory – I like Arkansas in the spot, but I don't really want to bet them because I don't trust them at all. Um, so I think for me, the play here is going to be over. I got it at 156 and a half. Uh, Arkansas wants to play fast. They do. I think we've Auburn. seen, yeah, we've seen Auburn. Auburn is willing to do what you want to do. They played slow against Kentucky and they played possession by possession. Against Georgia, they scored 90 plus points. Against Alabama, they scored 90 points, right? So if you're going to play fast, they'll run with you. That's what like they have no problem doing that. So um, I think that's what's going to happen. You don't like the points here? Like I would just take the points. I I feel like, and I'm going to, I'm going to take the points. It's it's a stay away from me just just because six and a half seems like a lot. Like it's it is a lot of points, but it's like I said, this is like the ultimate buy low spot. Like this is the spot that you look for when you want to fade. Um, you want to fade a team that's had some success and buy low on a team that's that's been losing. So it's just I don't want I don't want the line. I understand why you'll take the points. Um, I understand people that will that will lay the points. I don't want either of them. So I'm just going to take the total and, and uh, take the over and, and call it a day. Um, how about Kentucky at Georgia? Because I also like Kentucky in this spot. Fade Georgia. Mm-hmm. We know what I've been doing all year, and it's it's paid off for the most part. I, I, yeah, I think uh, the best remedy for this Kentucky team. It is the Georgia Bulldogs, who absolutely are not good, in my opinion. So, you know, again, is Kentucky going to blow them out? No, I don't think they're capable of blowing anybody out. They, they don't have that high-octane offense. I mean, they, their offense has been brutal. I'm just I'm just looking for this game where Brandon Boston gets going, and I know we've said it every game. Uh, Terrence Clark, I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, I don't think it matters, frankly. I, I, I don't think he has any impact on whether they're going to win or lose. Um, you know, the, the matchup that I'm looking at that I'm worried about for Kentucky is, is Wheeler, who I think is a really good point guard for Georgia and Devin Askew. Like that's so, to me, Devin, Devin Askew's just got to be okay. He can't get dominated in that matchup. He's got to be able to control pace, control the game. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a low scoring grinder. And, and if I was at, I'm, I'm going to go Kentucky. And if I was going to go anything, I'd go the under on this one. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, Georgia wants to play fast. That's, that's the only way that they're able to play is they got to get out and transition. So I would not be surprised to see them uh, be able to get this thing into a little bit of a shootout. Uh, but I, I do think Kentucky is the play here. Um, the thing that, that it seems like has been so frustrating with Kentucky this season has been Coach Cal's inability to adapt to what's going on with his roster, what's going on with his team, what's going on with modern college basketball. Um, and I think he's finally reached the point where he's going to make the change. Like I, 
people have been crushing Cal. Like the one of the guys that you refer to as Kentucky's second SID has been on a little bit of a campaign to try to get him uh, make the point yeah. that maybe he's not the best answer. But for you know the why? Kentucky. You know why? Because Cal's cut him off. Yeah. That's why? It, yeah. Listen, if Cal was kissing his ass, then Kentucky's it's third SID. They've got two really good SIDs, <laughs> uh, Eric Lindsay and Deb Moore. Um, the third one uh, has been Homer Harry forever. and uh, But ultimately, the only reason from what I've told is because Cal won't deal with them. So yeah. he, he, he wants, you know, that's all it is. The, the, the larger point is that um, Cal's taken a lot of heat this year, especially from the Kentucky fan base. And I don't think he's done a very good job coaching this team. I think he would probably admit that. Uh, how often do you see him make flubs like saying things in a press conference after a loss? I want this team to win, but he said that he said, I want this team to win, but, yeah. and so that's, that's not something that you ever see him do. And I think that this, this, this year is weighing on him with, with everything that's been going on, especially recently. Um, I mean, you got the pandemic, but no, hold on. Here's the thing. It hit, I think it hit him this week because not just the pandemic, not just the team playing, playing poorly, not because of all of that. He took a knee in a red state, before a game at Florida on Saturday. And then that week, he had a player that was a walk-on who he credited with helping to toughen up Nick Richards every single day in practice, died that week. And I think that all of this stuff is compounded, and it's weighing on him. And it just – I can understand if, like, this is is starting to become too much. Now, it's hard to feel too much sympathy for someone that's making the money that he is in the position that he is and and understanding that he's in the spotlight. But at some point, like – Everybody's a human being and has a breaking point. So I think that part of the reason he's been struggling is because it, it, it's just been too much for him. I think that he realized that he needs to make some changes because they keep getting their asses kicked. So I expect him to be able to come out with lineups and look a lot more like something that you would want to see out of a modern NBA team. No more two bigs. Maybe no more Olivier Saar. Maybe more Lance Ware. Maybe we'll finally see Keon Brooks playing the five, which is like, to me – the perfect lineup for this Kentucky team, Devin Askew, Davion Mitz, Dante Allen. Here's the problem. Here's the problem for Cal is he can't not play Isaiah Jackson. He's got to play him because he doesn't want to lose him. Number one, he doesn't want to lose him. Number two, he doesn't want him to go and not get drafted in the first round. Like That's the problem with Cal. He's so conflicted. In every decision mm-hmm. he makes, right is, and that's that's why I think it's going to change this week because he's realized like we're four and eight, man. Right. Like you know, what's, you know what will help those guys get drafted is to start winning and putting them in situations where they can yeah. be successful. You know what's not going to help them get drafted by having Isaiah Jackson have to guard on the perimeter and make defensive reads when he has no fucking idea what he's doing on the end of the floor. You know what's not going to help Brandon Boston get drafted? Continually allowing him to shoot two for ten for the floor, commit five turnovers, and throw two of the pick six turnovers that forced Kentucky to lose the game. Like, yep. Yep. The only way yeah, like, you want to get drafted, like, like put him in situations to succeed. They're not going to put him in situations to succeed. Coach to win games, and that's what has Kentucky mm-hmm. fans so frustrated right now is they think he's coaching to put guys in the league first mm-hmm. and foremost instead of coaching to try and win championships. So, yeah, no, you're I right, think, and I think that'll change tonight, which is why I like Kentucky in this spot. Um, those are the two lines that I really liked. I was looking at. So the, there's there's two other big favorites um, that are playing uh, that are you know like Clemson 
You know, like Clemson, Georgia Tech hasn't played since January 3rd. Now, Clemson had a pause, and they got pounded by Virginia. I, I always feel like those embarrassing losses like that, you usually come back, and Brad Burnell's teams are generally tough, gritty, play together. I think they bounce back here and beat a Georgia Tech team that hasn't done anything in uh, a little over two weeks. My my concern with that is that Georgia Tech plays that, like, that weird, junky, shitty zone, and Clemson doesn't really have a ton of shooters. So that's, like, my one concern there. Uh, but if I was going to be on someone, it would certainly be on on Clemson. Um, I looked at the money line. I think I probably might end up taking it, but it's not – it's not one where I'm like, that's a home run. That's a lock for me just because of what Georgia Tech can do defensively. And, yeah, and I like that one. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a believer in that one for Clemson. I, I really All am. Right. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I might follow you on that and get on the money line there. The other two that I was looking at that are interesting, well, it's three actually, three three big favorites. Um, that I'm just kind of curious your take. Uh, we have Creighton is hosting Providence. Um, we have Wisconsin hosting Northwestern. And we have Colorado at Washington. Uh, the the Wisconsin and, and Colorado lines, it's kind of tough for me to go to, to buy into. But Creighton, if Marcus Zagorowski plays, it is interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that yet. I'll I'll, I'll know uh, later this afternoon. And I probably and, should mention uh, Creighton is laying nine, Wisconsin is laying ten and a half, and Colorado is laying 13. So um, I don't love uh, – the, the the Northwestern Wisconsin game, I don't really like at all. Providence Creighton, I'm going to wait to find out with, with Marcus Zagorowski. If he's not playing, I will take Providence and take the nine and a half. If he's playing, I'm not sure. Uh, I just don't know how, how he'll be after a couple weeks off here. The one I like the most um, the out of the ones you mentioned, I like Washington getting 12 and a half. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but here's a stat I'll give you. I'm going to give you a stat that's going to blow your mind. Robert. <laughs> we'll um, see about that. So I'm doing, a column, <laughs> I'm doing a column for tomorrow on the teams with the biggest disparity, home road disparity in league play over the last seven years. And and I thought about it for Minnesota. Minnesota's 0-4 uh, this year on, on the on the road. They're 4-0 at home. And over the course of the Rick, Richard Pitino era, they're 38-31 and 31 at home in conference games and 14-55 and 55 on the road. So I was like, all right, let me reach out to my buddy, Ken Palm, and ask him to run some numbers for me. And uh, he did on the teams with the biggest disparity. Uh, no surprise, the team with the biggest disparity is who, Rob? Is it Colorado? Of course, because of the Elvis, yeah. yep. right? They are 50 and 16 at home and 18 and 49 on the road in yep. conference games over the last seven years. The, so, the toughest the toughest road trip in all of college basketball yeah. is the Pac-12 um, teams that have to go to the mountain. Mount yep. Reach. I think yep. it's something like – I haven't run the numbers in a couple of years, but when they, there, there was a while where it was like one of Sean Miller's number one seeds in Arizona and then Lonzo Ball's UCLA team were the only two teams that had swept uh, that road trip. Now, it, it's changed a little bit. Um, I, there's there, It's probably been – uh, more often now, um, because like that was like three years ago. But that, like there was a while where it was just those were the only two teams that had ever swept that 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 leg of the road trip. If you listen, if you can guess the the second high major team, the second team overall is Louisiana Tech. But if you can guess the second high major team, I will cover. Uh, if you lose today, I will cover all your losses. 
the second high major team for the biggest home road disparity. Um, just is it straight winning percentage or is it performances? It's just, is it just winning no, percentage? Straight winning percentage. Straight this, winning percentage. This team is forty-seven and nineteen at home and twenty-one and forty-five on the road. Is home court disparity? I don't think you'll get it. I'm going to go with. I never would have got it. So it's, it can't be a very good team. So that, I got to think about someone in the middle. Um, what it is not Weber State, it. Joe. It's, it's a high major, and Weber State. I know. Not I know. Top fifteen overall. Uh, I have, I have no idea. I'm going to go with. Um, give me Arkansas. Is it Arkansas? They're not in the top fifteen. It is Oklahoma. Really interesting, right? Hmm. The other high major. I never would have gotten it. This will be in my column, just so people know. I'll rattle off the top 15, but you can read my column tomorrow, and it'll be in there. Uh, Colorado, Louisiana Tech, Oklahoma, Southern Miss, Northern Iowa, Sacramento State. Shout out to Brian Katz. Iowa State, (laughs) Oregon State, Akron, Drake, Stanford, North Dakota State, Minnesota at 13, Oregon, and Florida State. I got the impetus uh, for it from Minnesota's home and road struggles. I thought they'd be like number two. And they were all the way down at number 13. So I, I thought it was interesting. So I'm taking – having said all that, I'm rolling the dice, and it is rolling the dice. Oh boy. Taking the Washington Huskies plus 12 and a half because the Huskies stink this year. But I'm just going to say that they're going to cover the 12 and a half, and I'm taking the Huskies. How's that? <laughs> you like that? Oh, man. Fighting Mike Hopkins, baby. I know. Fighting Mike Hopkins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you ride that one, and if you win it, then I'm just going to go ahead and tip my cap to you. So you haven't mentioned cool. a good game yet. You haven't mentioned one of the better games. I'm, I'm very surprised that you have failed to omit the Tulsa-Houston game. Tulsa. It's a good game. Don't roll your eyes at me. Oh, okay. Don't roll your eyes at me. That that's like ninth. That's like that's like ninth in Ken Palm's thrill score for games tonight. So okay, it, listen. Would you rather watch Tulsa Houston or Georgia Tech Clemson? <laughs> I'd rather watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm taking Tulsa plus eleven and a half. That is a lot of points for two teams that don't score a ton of points. So I'm going to take yeah, Tulsa like that. that one. I I actually really like that. Tulsa plus 11 and a half. How's that? The only problem is it's a little bit of a revenge game. Remember, Houston lost the buzzer to Tulsa. Kelvin Sampson's probably pissed at Frank Haith. Come out. Yeah. Um, so, yep. but I, no, I like it. That, no, that's good. That's good process. Low scoring game, a lot of points. Uh, uh, I also like Carolina. With Houston. I like fading Wake. I'm, I'm all into fading Wake, and Carolina's given 11 and a half uh, against Wake in Chapel Hill. Uh, in a bounce back type scenario, a little bit for uh, for Carolina. Uh, Wake Forest starting point guard um, is uh, what's it, Carter? Um, I'm blanking on his name. Witt? Yeah, Car- Carter Witt. He yeah. uh, he was a high school senior first semester this year, enrolled at Wake Forest yeah. in the middle of the year. Uh, has did I, did I tell you this? Have you seen him play yet? Oh yeah, yeah. His hair. Yeah, his hair. So um, he has hair that makes him look like Brendan Fraser from Airheads. And, uh, yeah, he's like 17 years old starting at the point in the ACC playing in the Dean Dome. So I like, I like that call as well. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to put that one in. So what do, you, what do you got, Jeff? All right, here's what I got. You ready? I got Clemson. I got Kentucky. I got Tulsa. 
I got Auburn. I got Washington. I got Carolina. And then I'm going to add a couple mids because that's what I do around here. Um, SoCon. I'm a big fan of the SoCon, as you know. Uh, I'm going to take Mercer with Neftelli Alvarez and uh, Felipe Haas. I think they got a really good team. Citadel's been on fire this year. I'm going against the military schools today. Uh, on a day, inauguration day, I know it's taboo. It's probably going to bite me in the ass here, but I'm going against the two military schools in the SoCon. I'm going Mercer over Citadel, giving six and a half. I'm going Furman over VMI, giving 10. Um, I, I know. I, it, it, it's it's crushing me to do this on inauguration day, but I'm doing it. Uh, no, I actually like the uh, the the Mercer call. I actually like that one. What do you got? Uh, I do not have anywhere near as many picks as you have, um, but I am going to be on. You talked me into Clemson. I'm going to be on. I'll, I'll ride Clemson with you. I like yeah. Kentucky. Uh, I'm taking the over in Auburn and Arkansas, um, and I will also follow you on uh, North Carolina. I like that, like that logic as well. Um, I, follow us. Make sure you follow us on yeah. Betsperts. Um, as soon as we find out something about Marcus Zagorowski, if he's playing, you'll probably see a bet come in on Betsperts. So. I think, Robert, don't tell anybody, but I think he's going to play today. You think he's going to play? Ooh, I interesting. If I were a betting man, I would bet that Marcus Zagorowski is going to play today. Well, it's a good thing that you are betting, man. There you go. <laughs> there you All right, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning.